0: I gotta right. find that movie and watch it because it sounds awesome. What movie is this? He did a documentary about a band called Siren. Siren, S-I-R-E-N. He did a documentary, and or they were yeah, talking about it. He just okay. he just finished a documentary. Okay. And he basically he, uh, it was a band that, like. Played metal together and then recorded like a, I don't know, a four track tape or something. And then broke up and everybody went their different ways and had kids and careers and stuff like that. And 30 years later, one of the guys in the band got brought into like an email thread and it said, are you like Bob so-and-so from the band Siren? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm from Germany. You guys are huge over here. In the metal scene. And he's like, what? Yeah, we want you to come over and play our large metal festival. And so basically Jericho created a documentary about these guys all getting together after 30 years, many like, you know, having Oh, so bury... he made, he made this documentary. He made the documentary. Okay. And it's a pro- it's not like a mockumentary. No, it's dead serious. Oh. It's like the Anvil kind of thing. Like, it's funny because it could, the whole time that he and Beato were talking oh. and I'm like, oh my God, this so reminds me of the Anvil. And then Jericho goes, Jericho, I don't know if Jericho or Beato, one of the two said, yeah, you know, it's like like the Anvil documentary. And Jericho goes, it must have been Beato that said that. And Jericho said, yeah, but like at least Anvil were famous. You know what I mean? And they kept playing. Like they were famous for a period of time. Yeah. Where these guys were just a bunch of guys that were like high school buds that recorded this demo tape and somehow it made its way to germany and the metal fans have them like revered as gods in this in germany
1: wow hi the following podcast is brought to you by radical road brewery the best craft beer in the heart of leslieville find them at 1177 queen street east that's radical road brewery I go by the name of
2: Keisha uh, Fresh. I'm an MC songwriter from Toronto, Ontario. Um, I've been performing for about 22, 23 years now, and um, yeah, I've, I've you know done a lot of performances and collaborations throughout my 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 career, and just happy to be here.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome!
2: <laughs> Thank you for joining guys. us.
1: Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, listen, we're we're going to start off talking about because you're wearing a Bills jersey. Let's uh, let's talk about football. Um, I know I know Greg wants to talk about uh, what what who he thinks is your favorite player, but before we not, go not there, not player,
0: not player. Oh, got it. yeah, you
1: got it. Okay, all right. But before we go there. Your thoughts, because you you're not just from Toronto, Keisha. Um, you're from the great, thriving neighborhood or city of Scarborough. Yes. So, yes, uh, so big up to Scarborough, uh, my my hometown, my my current town. Um, nice. <laughs> your thoughts on uh, another fellow Scarbarian, the weekend and his performance at the Super Bowl.
2: I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Um, just knowing of the weekend prior to him releasing music at all, and um, just seeing the growth of who he's grown into and this artist with the most confidence and you know just such a a, a great career so far. Um, I was really proud of him. That moment of watching him on the big stage. As as a kid from Scarborough, you can't look at that, and uh, unless you're a hater, you can't really look at that yeah. and and not be happy for him. So
1: I loved it. That is awesome. So you knew him before he was the weekend. Um,
2: I never I never met him no. I actually um, he before his team was XO, They yeah. went by a, they went by a name. Uh, She's so lovely, and so I was. Um, his current creative director, uh, L- Lamarck Taylor, along with um, another uh, creative director from Toronto named Hailey, uh, they they did photography, a lot of visuals and stuff like that. So they did some of my first professional pictures when I released after I released my first single. And I just remember like meeting them and they were telling like, you know, we're talking about what we're working on, and they were telling me about this artist who they were working with. Who's just like they're like, man, we have some big things coming, and like telling me like Drake's been checking him out and stuff like that. And this was probably a year, or two, maybe three years before he released the song "What You Need." So um, just kind of learning about him early. Yeah, it was like, oh, that, that's you know that's cool. If Drake's looking at me, must be super talented. Mm. And, and I remember they used to like hang out at this loft, and they were like, yeah, you got to come by the loft, you got to come chill, you got to come meet him. And it just never, I never ended up going, but it was just, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible just to see where all of them have, have, have propelled their careers.
1: I'm really happy for them. That is awesome. That is so good to hear. Um, Greg, you want, you want to throw down your, uh,
0: no, your I head. was, I I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm starting to question. I remember, first of all, I hope your grandmother's okay because I know we tried to get together a short bit ago and I hope everything's okay with her.
2: She, yeah, she, she's okay. You know, as you know, anyone aging, um, unexpected things kind of pop up here and yeah. there that you know we kind of try to deal with as a family. But now you know it's she's just getting older and less less active and less responsive to things. So you know, but she she's doing all right right
0: now. Okay, good, 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 dear. So I remember I remember when we were going to get together uh, a couple of months back, and I can't remember. I have a note about the Pats and now with you in a Bills jersey were you are you a Pats fan were you chirping the Pats I'm trying to remember what it was that I wanted
2: no no you're absolutely right I'm a 100% New England Patriot okay. fan yeah um I
0: I'm
2: I, I'm also a fan of Stefan Diggs so that's why I'm wearing his jersey right now um mm-hmm. my uncle got this for me so you know I I'm a, I'm a fan so I do definitely support players that I'm a fan of in the league and I do have yeah. different jerseys from players that I'm a fan of, but, I'm a through and through New England Patriots fan, Tom Brady fan,
0: through and through. So you you were, I, I assume like me, you were happy to see him do it again with the Bucks because this should put the GOAT discussion to rest, period, overdone. It should.
2: Yeah. It should, but I mean, you know, it won't, but it should because <laughs> at the end of the day, they always try to put an asterisk beside anything that Tom Brady does. But, yeah. you know, just this this going to a different conference, a new team, a new climate. I mean, you're going from freezing cold temperatures that he's adjusted and acclimated to playing in to the warmth in, in Florida and still being able to perform even at a higher level than we've seen him perform in the past three or four years. You, there's just no debate about it. Like to me, he is the greatest football player
0: ever. All right. And that's our music podcast. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. Greg, Greg and I love talking about uh the best player to play in a uh in a league that is only that that is only in America. This sport is not played anywhere else in I know. Uh, in I know. in the in the world. Um <laughs> I know. To those I people That's who crazy. love who love comp- like I, what 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 makes me laugh is when people compare him to um to serena williams or oh, to yeah. you know just other athletes that are global you know that they play everywhere um so that's it's why not,
2: it's not i mean i saw people trying to make comparisons to you know uh football well european football soccer and for me it was kind of like that's that's ridiculous soccer is such a global sport
0: yeah. yeah yeah it's
2: it's played by more people cricket is played by more people you know what i mean so there are many sports that are way bigger than american football but because america has really centered themselves in the middle of the world that to them that's so you know we're all kind of caught in it I, football is my favorite sport i used to love bas- basketball I Still do basketball used to be my favorite sport i used to play it but i've i've, I've become more of a football fan because i feel like basketball no more is, is not as competitive as it used to be right. so i'm just i'm more i just love to watch football it's more exciting
0: did you play basketball in high school
2: I played basketball pretty much my whole life. I stopped after high school because um, I had too much knee injury, um, and then I had like I was diagnosed with arthritis in my right knee, so oh, wow. I, I stopped.
0: Yeah, and the reason yeah. I asked that is because you went to Doc. Yeah. Right? Yes, I did. So I grew up in That's... Whitby, and Doc used to be besides St. John's. No, in 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 Whitby. In Whitby. Yeah. Okay. It used to be in Whitby. Um, besides St. John's, sort of we'd have to walk past there. And so uh yeah, I'd head to our high school. But yeah.
2: That's crazy around. that they yeah. just moved a whole
0: oh yeah. Yeah, school. yeah. It was a long time ago. I'm I'm yeah. can't tell you, I'm really old. So yeah. that was a
1: long
0: time ago Greg's my dad. That's that's what we'll go with <laughs>
1: Oh my, Well, Keisha, let's 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 chat um let's chat a bit about uh music and you um where where you you got started in music early. I read somewhere um that you were in a children's choir. Uh and yeah. that that really piqued my interest because up until um covid hit, my son was I think he had done 5 years if not more at a at a local, at a Scarborough choir, the, um, the Bach children's chorus. Um, but tell me about you getting started in music.
2: Um, I, like I always tell people, I, I was surrounded by music my whole life. You know, I have a lot of cousins and stuff who are musicians, DJs, producers. Um, so it's just kind of been a thing in my family, but for me, I, I can vividly remember being like five. My cousin would, babe, would babysit me and take him to the studio. So just being in that environment since that young age and understanding how fun it is and how much I wanted to be a part of that, it was kind of something I always wanted to do. Um, I start. I actually had my first published song when I was five because um, I wrote this. It was, uh, I was in kindergarten and we had two options. It was either we draw or, or, or well, there wasn't two options, but for me, I always make things difficult. So we were supposed to draw something <laughs> about springtime. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to draw. I didn't like drawing, so I didn't want to. So the teacher said, okay, write a song. So I said, okay, challenge accepted. I wrote a song, I was five years old, I wrote a song, we have a copy of it right in front of me. I wrote this song and it was about springtime. And the teacher read it and was like, whoa, like this isn't bad. So she ended up giving it to um, the principal who got it published either by the local newspaper or the community newspaper in the area. And so that was my first published piece at five years old. And so just from there, you know, when I was maybe about nine, my mom took me to audition for this children's choir. And again, I... I wasn't a big I wasn't big on singing but I sang a lot. From the age of 5 I was performing. I used to sing O Canada at different community events because you know when an event starts you have to sing the yeah. national anthem. Yeah. I was the person that they would hire to do it yeah. at 5 years old and it was just like a cute kid voice but I never really was a singer. Okay. So it wasn't until I was you know I joined the choir and they put me in the alto section and like I can hold a note like I held a note but I couldn't I didn't really Thing. So, I remember telling my mom like I, I want to rap. I prefer to rap. You know, it's more fun for me. It's I like rapping. So she was like, okay, cool, like, no problem. So even in the in the children's concert choir, it's called TC3. I was allowed to write a rap for our big formal, our big showcase, and that was my first time. I was twelve years old. It was my first time performing a rap on stage, and I just remember being so nervous. But some um, I wrote it and I, I performed it, and that confidence and that feeling that I had. When I used to sing, I never used to be able to get through a full song on stage without laughing. When I was rapping, it was easy, you know? Okay. So I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So my mom encouraged me, and after that, it was just all about rapping.
1: That is awesome. And you still have that first song up on your, is oh, it yeah. on your wall there or your desk? or?
2: Yeah, like I, I actually can show you, I, I always uh, kind of keep it
1: keep it close. That Don't is really so cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, I remember
1: um, That's the original wow.
2: Well, it's a photocopy of the original My mom ended up making a whole bunch of copies But
1: Can you can you sing that? Summer song? Do you remember how the song went? Or did you rap it?
2: Um. Let's see I, I sang it I, I definitely sang it Summer's Come of Summer Sorry, not Spring Summer Song Summer's coming, it won't be long, it won't be long. The sun is getting warmer, the sun is getting warmer, the rain is gone, the rain is gone. So my teacher apparently loved this. Those are rap Shakespeare lyrics, Shakespeare poems so That's much. That's awesome. And um yeah, she 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 wrote it down for me. I ended up still drawing and then, you know, she stamped 1999, so I was I was uh 6. I just turned 6 that that summer. So, yeah. Well, he's about to turn six that year.
1: That is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool.
2: That yeah, is, so they, they ended up publishing it, and my mom kept – they gave her the original copy, and she kept it. And so I think maybe about five years ago, she found the original and ended up photocopying a whole bunch of them.
0: That's yeah. great that she would keep that for you for – or that you could have oh, it man. now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know.
1: That makes me think. Should I keep, like – my son is now – He's turning fifteen. <laughs> he's f- turning fifteen in March. Do I keep all his school stuff? I
2: tell people all the time, and you know what? When he's twenty five, he's going to come to you and say, "Dad, that thing that I did in grade four, do you have it?" Like oh, I, man. I didn't realize how much I do that to my mom. Like every really? time, I'm like, "Mom, do you know when I was the the yearbook from grade nine? Do you have the yearbook from grade seven? And she has them. She has our agendas. Like she has them. And that's how we were able to find that. Um, There was a mixtape that I made when I was nine years old on a little recorder. She found that tape. So
1: like your own stuff, like original Keisha Fresh.
2: (laughs) At the time, I don't, I think I went by something else. I don't even know what I'll call myself, but yeah, she found it. So
0: That's awesome. That is And yes, you should, you should keep all your son's stuff or you know what you can do. And this is what Kelly did. I mean, our kids are older and, and like out of school and stuff now, but what Kel started doing was actually taking photographs of the artwork. So at least uh-huh. it's digital. So for example, with you, yeah. you can print it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got that. You don't necessarily have to keep the, exactly. the original, but yeah.
1: Exactly, hundred percent. Our place is getting full. I've got to. I've got like a storage unit now <laughs> down the street. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck,
0: man! This is costly. And his son's only seven. It's weird.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeping keeping everything. Um, I, I I don't know if I was reading something recently, um, but I wanted to ask you about, um, we'll get back to, 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 to your, you, you and your career, but just something that popped into my head today. Um, regional differences in hip hop, um, specific to, I don't know, specific to Toronto or specific to Canada. Are there differences in, I don't know what people at the East end of the city rap about or their style versus the West end, or uh, is it, is it, or can you see provincial differences? I'm curious if, if you have any thoughts on that.
2: No, I don't see it in like as far as cities go. I feel like a lot of the new artists I'm hearing coming out of Durham and stuff like that do sound like everybody, you know, kind of sounds the same, whether it's in the GTA or wherever surrounding areas, because they all intermix and listen to the same artists and stuff like that. So I think the influence is all the same. So the content kind of becomes similar, not too distinct. Yeah. Um, but I do notice that artists, for example, from Montreal have a more, what do I want to say? Cause it's not, the word isn't creative. I'm looking for the word is, they have a more, they have more variety as far as their actual sound goes. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists I notice in Montreal mix kind of funky, um, up tempo, uh, poppy kind of instrumentalist vibes to their music, um, especially hip hop artists. Uh so I I feel like a lot of artists I've I've collabed with some of them, and it's 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 just the creativity is a little more expanded there. When it comes to hip hop, as far as the, the sound, the production that they go for, um, and then you find like with people like K. who is from there and stuff like that, it's just this vibe. It's this vibe, and I think a lot of artists kind of have that same mold that K. Trinata has as far as the production and for their music from Montreal. So that's a big difference I've noticed. But yeah. otherwise, I think everybody's pretty much influenced by the same artists these days, the same sound these days doesn't really matter where you're from. We have a lot of Toronto artists who are influenced by Chicago artists and stuff like that. So the music sounds like drill music and it's the same. So, you know, I just think people are all doing it in their unique way, but not really regionally, just individually as artists.
1: Interesting. When did things start getting serious for you as as, as a rapper, um, for, for you? Yeah.
2: I would say when I was, I think there's levels of seriousness. Okay, okay, um, sure. yeah. I think when I was fourteen was yeah. when I did my first single. That's when my mom officially sent me to like a real studio, and I wow. did my very first single. So that was that was at fourteen. When I was sixteen is when my first single, which well my first official single. The other one was more of a song. This was my first official single that was out and for sale. That song, that was when it became radio and that's when it became, you know, like music video. So I still consider the, the initial song, which is called Part of My Swag, I still consider that like a, a beginning for me because I was, again, me coming to a studio and actually recording and stuff. But being 16 and having a song on the radio and then later on having that song playing three times a day, plus the remix playing once or twice a day. And then a new single that I came out with at the same, around the same time called make it look easy featuring JB, that song also being introduced on on that station, having those three songs kind of playing around the same time at one time was like a a milestone. So I think that there's different times where you start to take your, like your craft more, more serious and more serious. And then and then, recent times in 2016, doing the sorority work and joining the sorority and, and working with four or three other people, that's like, OK, this is another level of taking my craft seriously. So yeah. I think there's levels uh, to it and there's different times where you're like, OK, this is this is different, but this is also serious. OK, this is, you know, <laughs> so I feel like I've had that. I've, I've broke through the ceiling a couple of times.
1: Yeah. So you're 16 years old and you've got three singles that are playing on the radio
2: yes so i had hollywood fresh which was my first official single um that was playing and then that was on flow in regular rotation for a few months for about it was playing about two or three times a day then we introduced the remix which featured mims and that was playing a few times a day not as much as the original but a few times But then the original started to scale back a bit and then you'd hear the remix. And then while that was, so when that started to phase out, DJs on Flow were playing my um, second official single, which was called Make It Look Easy. They were playing that in their set during the live mix shows and stuff. And then it premiered on Flow um, while the other two were like kind of fading out. So they were staggered a bit, but it was just something super different to be able to have three songs from one artist they don't typically do that so the fact that you know it was so consistent was was really cool
0: and are you in high school at this time yeah
2: i was in i was uh i was in grade 11 yeah i was um the coolest kid in school i mean it was cool but (laughs) the teachers the teachers kind of made made it a little tough because really i guess they didn't like the attention that I was getting from like the other kids and stuff. When I did my talent show, a whole camera crew showed up for my performance. So, and then like a friend overheard one of the teachers basically like saying like, Oh, I'm like, I'm pretentious. And who do I think I am? And I was like, what are you talking like? And then, you know, they were like, Oh, you have a kid that has music on the radio and stuff in, in your talent show. Like, you know, it was weird, but. What was high cool. school?
1: What high school did you go to again? Talk. this is out in uh out in the woodbury ajax. Ajax. ajax ajax yeah Jeez, like man if you were in scarborough yeah. in that hit like you would own the city <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it was, it was cool because it was like it was like it was
2: interesting because it was like i'm literally like taking phone calls from like the legends like dougie fresh and stuff and like during math class like i had to step outside to take this call you know i have to be pulled out of class to go to the studio and do something, you know. Like I would be doing this huge perform. I'm, I remember I opened for Dan Hill at this uh, studio down cool. in um, Liberty right. Village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Liberty Village, I did a performance with Dan Hill, and then like the next morning, I had to like be up for exam, you know. So it was like it was like living in. I felt like Hannah Montana, like really living <laughs> in two completely different worlds, and still having to do my schoolwork and focus and get good grades and and hang out with my friends. But at the same time, I'm also going to New York and shooting a music video for my whole March break and, you know, being in the studio for 16 hours straight, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough to balance, but it was it was fun. I can't say it wasn't fun.
1: Oh, man. now So you and Dan Hill, that's two different types of music right there. <laughs> you know, there's... Uh, with Dan Hill, he was like, sometimes when we touch, right? Was that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... The yeah. funny thing is, I think I got that album here somewhere. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> But that's, wow, that must have been a, that must have been a trip.
2: Yeah, that, it was, it was like a lot of fun. Um, That show, it was at the Wide Awake Studios that was in Liberty Village. And this was, I think, right before the Wide Awake Studios. Yes, there you go. I think it was right before the Wide Awake Studios was bought by Death Row or something. I can't recall, but. Something like that had happened right around that time. So it was myself that performed, Dan Hill and Kim Davis. And um, it was it was really interesting. A lot of, it was a private event, industry people. And I just remember being like 16 and just like sitting there like, okay, this is,
1: this is cool.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. Greg, you were going to say something? No, I was going to say the, the funny thing is Dan Hill's mom was actually my nursery school teacher. Oh, wow. My mom, mom was a teacher at, At Seneca. Okay. And uh and so I went to the nursery school at Seneca and yeah, Dan Hill's mom. So we actually
2: I didn't uh, which uh which campus did you
0: that would have been my mom taught at the one at uh four oh four and is that four oh four in Finch? New campus, yeah.
2: Yeah. I went to um I graduated from Seneca, York. Oh yeah. Which was a great facility. Yeah, yeah. Great time. Yeah.
1: What did you study there? I took music. independent music production yeah okay fantastic so you're 16 years old you've got three singles playing on the radio um you're i'm curious at that at that age or at that time frame um was there also an album out or were you releasing singles what's going on in, in in the music for you at that time
2: um, so I released a music video to my first single, Hollywood Fresh. Um, I released a music video, which we shot. We were invited to shoot in New York at Dougie Fresh's house. Some of it was at his house. Some of it was on the street and, you know, just around Harlem. Um, At that time, we were, we shot parts of that video on the 66th floor of the Empire State Building. And at that time, to- you know, this was, this was about... Nine years after 9-11, so they didn't allow you to film anything inside of the Empire State Building, and we were given permission to do so. Um, I was told I'm the first person to be given permission to do so. I can never confirm that, but apparently you just weren't allowed to shoot in there, so we had to get special permission to be able to shoot up at the, uh, it was the Married to the Mob headquarters, was on the 66th floor, right across from the FUBU and the Kuji offices i think was on the same floor and um the director he was a, he was the one of the creative directors i think or or clothing executives at um, fubu and kuji at the time his name was phil Paven. he was the one that took us up there invited us up got us hooked up with married to the mob and they actually provided all the most of the clothing for the video so just there's a scene where i'm up there getting clothes and like shaking his hand and stuff like that um mm-hmm. And people always say, like, oh, where was that? And I always say, I was, like, the, that was the headquarters married to the mob. And literally across the hall was Coogee. And, like, it was 66 for Empire Stapling, And I was, like, amazing. Being 16 years old, I guess I couldn't really appreciate what that meant at the time. But now looking back, like, that was crazy. I remember when we went in there, we had to show our passports and everything. We had to give them our passports and a whole bunch of, like, security measures to even be able to go upstairs. So um, you can't just go in elevator. Someone has to come from wherever they are to come get you that. You know, so a whole bunch of crazy stuff that we were able to do. We shot one of the scenes coming from uh, walking under the um, the um, Apollo, which was dope. Um, and it was crazy because just having a whole film crew, I had my own Winnebago. I had my own private chef, obviously my own makeup artist, hair artist, my own stylist. Um, we had some Nike sneakers that were given to us Some um, at the time. Rev Run's daughters had a company called Pastry. We had pastry sneakers. Um, we had adidas sneakers that were given to us for the shoot. Uh, the shoot was 26 hours. Um, a lot of my family, my mom, my aunt were there. my cousins came. just so much it was it was a, it was a real big production. We had police escorts. we had them block off the streets. We had um, we had to take out millions of dollars of, of worth of insurance to be able to shoot on the streets in New York. so, to be able to do all of this is an elaborate production, We got a lot of people. So, you know, we need a lot of insurance to ensure the cast and everything. It was really dope. It was fun. I had a great time, but like I said, 26 hours, we had legends. So Hank, Hank Shockley actually came and did the behind the scenes photos um, from Hank Shockley from the Bomb Squad. He did the behind the scenes photos at the, at the shoot. Um, I remember when Dougie came on set, his, uh, he was, just came from the gym. And so he came and he met us and we all met and it was great. And, you know, he's like, come in the house. And he owned like three brownstones on the the street that he lives on. So, you know, we went in the house, he took us downstairs to the basement. There's an amazing studio with a reflection of his a projection, a light projection of his, his silhouette holding up a mic. And he had like amazing, you know, studio gear and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I hardly ever use it. You know? And it's like, this is crazy. And then he goes into his, um, closet and pulls out his segway and then we take it to the backyard and then he's like just so excited showing me all this cool stuff he pulled out his old valley boots and <laughs> super cool so there's a shot in the video of me and him in his backyard and you know he's on his segway and that was really us just chilling and him showing me his segway but they ended up getting those cool shots and then he was teaching me how to do the wow. dougie dance and then we got those shots and you know just so many cool moments and then mims came so mims sings the song this is why i'm hot he came. And I remember he had a flight out that night to India. He was doing a performance in India. And I remember like he had to get, we were in Harlem and he had to get to JFK to catch a flight. And he was still shooting. And I just kept saying, we got to wrap it up because he has to go. We has to go. And he's like, that's okay. If I miss the flight, I'll get the next one. You know, like he, he was just so cool. And he's like, I I don't want to leave and we don't get the shots. So, you know, he stayed and, you know, we shot and he did make his flight. He ended up sending his luggage with his cousin ahead and we ended up getting him. He got to the airport on time. and You know, and it was cool, but being 16, I guess you don't really realize the, the history that you're creating while you're in the moment. Cause it's like, this is fun. And then you look chance- back at it later.
1: Yeah. Have you had a chance to keep in touch with, with these people still? I spoke with, um Dougie Fresh um a couple
2: times throughout the years. So, like I'll DM him on Twitter and stuff like that, make sure he's okay. You know, we whatever we'll share the picture memories and, and laugh about it and stuff like that. Um Mims, I same thing. He's actually friends with my cousin. So I saw him at her wedding, and it's ironic because my mom worked for TELUS and they had a plaque for him from ringtone sales. He went platinum in ringtone sales, and they had Whoa. a plaque for him sitting at the office and my mom was like oh i met him i know him he knows my daughter so they gave her the plaque to give to him so i actually we were actually able to give it to him when i saw him um and i actually have one for fat joe as well it's the weirdest thing
1: okay so but, um go yeah. ahead go ahead finish that story off
2: yeah so you know i i, I keep up you know instagram we'll talk DMs, DM, we'll like check out my stuff we you know we just we, we talk in there yeah
1: so you can go platinum this is something new for me you can go platinum on ringtones. You used to
2: be able to, not anymore. I mean, these are, this is, I can't, I don't know if it's Lean Back or, or or what song it was for Fat Joe that I have. I know the Mims one was this is why I'm hot, but I don't know the one, but the one for Fat Joe is actually in my basement. And I don't, I, don't, I think it was Lean Back, but that was back when ringtones were a thing. And yeah, you can, with cell phone companies, they were giving artists plaques for selling. A certain amount of ringtones, just like if it was a record.
1: That's amazing. Well, I hope there was some cash in yeah. it for them besides just a plaque. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, they were they were they were they were
0: making money off the sales. Like um, yeah. Yeah. there's a musician from back in the '80s, Thomas Dolby, who's uh, anyway, and uh, he had a big career in the '80s, but he actually made his money creating ringtones, like creating, mixing, and selling ringtones through the through the cellular networks. In Tons of money. Though.
1: Moby also make money that way as well. Moby, I, think,
0: I, I believe Moby did as well. Yeah, Moby as well.
1: That's fantastic! That's amazing! That is just yeah. crazy. So hold on, you're 16 and you shoot these videos in New York. So a couple of questions pop into my head. Number one is 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 there a label behind all of this that's financing it, or is this uh, is this like friends and family throwing in? Let's let's help uh, uh, our girl Keisha uh, live her dreams. How how did that come about?
2: Um. Yeah. So, at the time we were in talks with a label. Okay. Um. But no, when it comes to financing the videos and all of the stuff that went along with that, it was my parents and wow. my family. Like wow. my 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 parents, you know, got some of my family members to chip in. They offered to the help, and you know, got some funding for them. Then my parents remortgaged their house. Geez. So. Yeah, no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no, no you know, I, yeah, right, crazy. But
1: no yeah, they the house, so so why? Uh, yeah. So, was it important for you to go to New York? Why not somewhere close to home to shoot this thing?
2: Um, I was actually telling this uh the other day. Um, the reason we ended up in New York is first and foremost, the 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 beat sampled. Um, Dougie Fresh was like fresh dressed like the million bucks We actually sampled that on the hook So When we wanted to When we took the song to get mixed mastering We took it to, to Flow 93.5 I remember they said um, They said great but Did you clear the sample and so At the time the, the Little crew that I was working with They were like oh we gotta clear the sample The person that we were tapping in to shoot The video because we were shooting it here I mean we had no problem with that the person that we were tapping in to shoot the video actually did a video for Dougie Fresh in the past, so he said, "I'm gonna call him and see how we can clear the sample." So we called him and he said, "Listen, this is from Toronto. They used your voice on a beat. How? What? You know, what can we do? Um, who do we have to talk to? Is it Slick Rick? Right? Is it?" And he, Dougie Fresh, actually said, "You know, I I own the rights to those, those songs, so I I I'll like you know send me the song." So we sent him the song, and then I remember he called back, and I think we actually have the recording of him calling, and he was cool. like. Man, he said, you know, a lot of people have sampled the song over the years. He said, you know, actually, a couple months ago, these other guys sampled the song, the same part you sampled. But he said, what you did, I like that. He said, you know, I don't think I have. A, a, I've had a young girl come and ask me to clear that sample before. So he's like, listen, come. Cl- l- l- I'll clear it. That's not a problem. I'll get the paperwork over to you. I want you to come to New York and you know we'll shoot we'll shoot the video. Um, which I think we also put like I think the director also suggested as well like oh like maybe we should go to New York and shoot the video like we come shoot it with you. And so he even suggested further come shoot it at my house. So we that's that's how we ended up in New York and I, I, you know, I was having this conversation the other day and I said it's crazy because prior to that I'd reached out to a lot of Toronto artists who I looked up to as legends and yeah. to kind of get advice or work. And none of them really kind of took me on. None of them really responded or took me seriously. So being able to have an American legend like Dougie Fresh reach, reach his hand out so far to invite me to his home to do that, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, you go where you're wanted. So that's kind of what we did.
1: That's awesome. That is really, really cool. Um, you know, you you talk about different levels. Um, I wanted to, how how did the sorority come about? Okay.
2: (laughs) So five years ago, which is coming soon, it's March 8th. Five years ago, we were tapped to do a cypher um, with a company at the time who was super big in the hip hop world called Team Backpack. So they reached out to us and said, listen, we have this cypher that we want to do for International Women's Day. What do you guys think? Well, they reached out to the team that they hired in Canada to do some stuff for them. And they said, yeah, we're going to pull some girls together. So I, we all were reached, we all were kind of, I guess the team kind of had a girl in mind that they would want to be part of the Cypher. So we were all brought in by someone. And it was kind of a thing where it was like, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? Nothing. I think it was like Tuesday, the 26th of February. No, nothing. Just telling, cool. I need you to be here at this time. This is the beat, write a verse. Like, okay, I have three days to do this, like whatever. So am like, okay, what's the theme? Like, oh, it's International Women's Day. Just come with a the verse. There's no theme. Just come with a verse. Okay, cool. So I show up and I see Phoenix, uh, Paliachi there, who I knew, you know, through the industry. And then I saw Havaya, who I never met, but I've heard of. And then Lex, and I never heard of, never met Lex or anything like that. So I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, okay, it's going on, you know. The ironic thing is we were all wearing black. So I was like, holy crap, like we're all wearing black. Like that's, we didn't, none of us knew we were going to be there together. We didn't talk to each other. We just showed up. So it's time to go. You know, we do the Cypher. We do it. We do a couple takes. It didn't take us long to to get it down, but we did it. And we had fun. We're like, hey, look, like, okay, this is cool. And then the Cypher ended up dropping on March 8th, 2016. It took off, did big numbers, millions, millions of views. Um Havaya, they kind of separated our parts at one point and started posting them individually as well. And Havaya's took off as well, like really big. So after that, people were like, when's the album dropping? What's the group name? Like people thought we were a group. And so we kind of talked to each other. We created a little group chat. And we're like, hey, like we should do more music together. And so that led to us doing a song over uh, the, we sampled um, the Who uh, Undone. And we did a song over that sample at cops records and then that took off again by team backpack they put that and blew up again so at this was october 2016 by november 2016 we were ready to announce like okay we're gonna be a group and then it was literally history after that like it just was such a crazy momentum we got a manager we were signed to apa um booking agency like it was just crazy
0: that's crazy and you did um you did a a collaboration I think with was not even know res kids was it son of matriarchy son of matriarchy? Yeah, son of a matriarchy
2: yeah we did that right well we have the same managers so okay. um we just worked together all the time we tour together we always were on shows together so yeah. it was just kind of natural for us to want to do a record together and so they asked us to uh, do um, some stuff on their their album and I remember we're like yo we're taking the song over so we all were in the studio we all worked on the song together and my um, I, I wrote um, the hook and I wrote the first part of the hook and and um, we all and Lex wrote the second part of the hook and Haviah sang the first part of the hook and it just kind of came together the song came together so perfectly and you know we love those are my brothers man I love working with those guys we toured with them like I said multiple times we did a lot of shows with them our final goodbye tour in 2019 was with them and they're so talented and so fun yeah. to work with. And those guys are genuine. Yeah,
0: I love those guys. Can you talk a bit about the, like a, one of the key messages that I got out of that or, or at least took from that was the comparison of indigenous views of women compared to white dudes like me and um, not Christian, but you know what I mean? Like it, they, it, sort of the comparison of that in the play. Can you talk a bit about that?
2: Yeah, that song was important because in a lot of different households and different communities, different races, different religions, you know, the men are the, men, you know, the men are the the head of the household. You, you, everything is so patriarchal. Everything is focused on the patriarchy and men and men and stuff. So for Snotty Nose Rez kids, the message was pretty simple. In our lives, in our household, we hold the matriarch up up high. We We hold our mothers up mm-hmm. to, you know, at that standard. They're the ones that, you know, provide for the household as far as nourishment and the things that we you know you put a lot of focus a lot of cultures put a lot of focus on who brings the bacon home but there should be more focus on who's feeding the bacon to the family, who's preparing it. you know so even when we were speaking with them on what their vision was for the record and how they explained it, it was like women, people who identify as women, you know non-binary what however you view, we want to celebrate the matriarchs of of our family and so that's why they tapped into us and said, listen, you know, you guys represent this strong female empowerment movement, and we want you guys to help us deliver this message, Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of, you know, growing up in my household, my mom was the one who, you know, my dad would ask her, you know, her, like, the say was usually in her, she's the final decision, you know, and that's just West Indian thing, you know, I'm Guyanese, so that's kind of just a West Indian thing in my family, so, you know, we kind of, I was able to resonate with exactly what they, what they, their vision that they had for that song. And, you know, it came together. And I think there was a, there was a point where some of the language that was used in certain parts of the song were, you know, offensive to people. And we heard, and we were, we apologized. We don't want to, you know, separate any, anyone or make anyone feel left out or anything like that. We just wanted to put the women who raised us up on a pedestal so yeah
1: why why did um why did you guys break up why did the sorority decide to disband I think
2: for all of us it was just that there's that time um and I think we did I think we were pretty on the ball with that November 2019 literally three months before everything shut down anyway but we wanted to do things on our differently. Like I wanted to pursue other things. I wanted to do songwriting. I wanted to travel more. I wanted to do other stuff. And, and my attention was kind of drifting to other things. Um, via just came off of a Polaris prize win and her momentum was so crazy that I know that she, and she wanted to do a tour um, and start touring the, touring the U S and the UK and, you know, just kind of it's just, just, rightfully getting the opportunity to experience life as a solo artist. Yeah. Um, Lex also was in the same boat where she wanted to put out her solo album. And while it, 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 it was tough because working on, I released an album in 2019, June, Havaya released hers in May and Lex was working on hers. So throughout the year it was like, Hey, we need to rehearse for this. I can't, I can't, I mean, you know, it just got tough to get together and do the things that we needed to do for the sorority. And we all just couldn't commit the time that we needed to commit to the sorority. Um, mm-hmm. There was times where we would be offered a show and it was like, oh, I was booked somewhere already as a solo artist mm-hmm. or Hawaii was booked somewhere as a solo artist or Lex, you know? So we just couldn't, and we didn't want to let our booking agents down. They were having to go back. And, you know, I remember having to go back and tell big festivals that like, they can't do it. You know, they already have a commitment or radius clause or as solo artist. So we didn't want to let our fans down by just not doing shows anymore and just letting it fade away. Mm-hmm. So we decided, listen, it's getting tough. Let's let's end it, but let's not just break up or let it fizzle out. Let's give them a tour. Let's give them a song and a tour. So we released a song called switch and we went on tour with sign red kids and we did a final farewell tour. And I just loved the way that we did that because We gave everyone one last chance to see us again, buy the merch, meet us. We did meet and greets. And, you know, people were like, I know there's a lot of people that felt that it wasn't an amicable splitter. And I'm like, this is And we're literally all in the group chat, like listening to the chatter, like talking to each other, like today, like two hours ago, we're all, you know, we are really good friends. We actually are all friends. We talk every day. Like we have group chat, you know, Lex and I kick it every day. Um, Well on the phone, but we actually spend time together and, you know, we'll take weekends and hang out. You know, we, we're we all still, we're all really cool. And I always want people to understand well, the already didn't break up for any other reason, except we couldn't give it the time it deserved. Yeah. Sure. And we just, things come to an end and it's better that you recognize it early and, mm-hmm. you know, leave one on a high note and not just fizzle out or, it's, you know, you know, so that's what we did. And yeah, we're still really cool. We all champion, champion each other. Hawaii was on my last album, you know, like have I just dropped a really dope video. So we're all like celebrating her right now. You know, that's, that's just what we do.
1: You don't have too much time. But I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, obviously 2019 uh, you released field trip, uh, which was your, your latest uh, your latest work, your latest album. Um, how, how, you know, looking back on, on, uh, on, on the, on the, uh, the release of the album, Uh, I'm sure you probably wanted to be more active in 2020, uh, touring it, but, you know, tell me about the album and, you know, you, you, whether, whether you're happy with it, whether you're, you know, you're looking forward to whether it's 2021 or 2022 to, uh, to do more work on that.
2: Yeah. 20, the 2019 was like, it was a weird year. Um, because while working on that album, we were actively doing shows as a sorority, um, so dedicate like I said that was one of the main reasons that made me realize I can't dedicate the time to both of these things the way I I have to um because in the midst of wanting to do festivals and stuff like that or do shows and stuff like that as a solo artist to tour or promote that album I'm doing things with the shorty that we've been booked into for months 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 in ahead in advance so it was it was a little more tough and that kind of opened my eyes to see that but I, I, I love what that album was able to do press-wise and, you know, just the ears that it reached and the people that it connected me to and that it connected to. We had a really dope listening session for the album and, you know, the, the, the reviews were great. And so I feel like that was an important album for me to put out at that time, but I knew that I was going to put it a little bit on the back burner at a certain point to finish off the year strong with the other commitment that I had which was a sorority, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being in Vancouver and recording our final single and, you know, just every weekend we toured that album came out on my birthday. So June 28th, 2019, literally the day after we dropped that album or yeah, the day after we dropped that album, two days after we got that album, I was on a plane to do a sorority show in Victoria, you know, like every weekend it was sorority 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 shows so it wasn't easy to kind of push the album the way that i wanted to yeah but it was okay it was okay because you know i was still being i was still able to perform it during uh sorority shows what we did was we ended up um doing solo songs so Hawaii was able to perform one, for like two one or two of her records during the sorority mm-hmm. set i was able to perform two songs after that Hawaii and i performed our song together on you know so we're still able to perform it and get yeah. views and get ears and stuff like that so it was cool
1: that is awesome. You're a huge chess fan player. I love where how would you possibly know? That?
0: This is the question you didn't want us to ask you, right? See? <laughs>
2: no, no, no.
0: Uh, I, I researched I, this I, and I gave him this question. Because. Yes.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That is that is absolutely crazy. Um I as a child I did everything. And I'm not saying that in any kind of way other than my mom kept me and my brothers busy. So karate, chess, um, I played steel pan. Um, it wasn't something it wasn't I choir basketball every week, every day was something. So on Saturdays, I was in a chess club at uh, Tropicana, which um, was in Scarborough, I used to go every Saturday and be a part of this chess club. And I learned how to play chess. And I was really good at it as, as a kid. But the problem becomes, after the chess club folded, I had no competition. I couldn't. No one in my family knew how to play chess, uh-huh. so I didn't have anyone to play and practice with. And I had a nice glass chessboard. I remember my brother got drunk on his twenty first birthday and broke it, and I cried. Oh no! But um, yeah, my uncle gave me a nice uh, one, and you know, I, I try to play it online and stuff like that. But oh. You you got I got a little dusty, but I absolutely love chess.
1: Did you ever get? And I play darts. And darts. Of that. Yeah, of, of course, darts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever? Random, know. What What are your thoughts on on that Netflix series, Queen's Gambit, with the strong female lead?
2: Someone just told me why well, I haven't watched it yet. Someone oh. actually just recommended it to me about a week ago.
1: Okay.
0: Man. All right, there you go. You'll, Something you'll to do it. next weekend. You'll love it. I, I oh. love I love chess. I'm, I'm sure I'm nowhere near the player you are, but I'm watching with my wife, and I'm like, oh, that move, oh. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. Someone just recommended it to me and I like, I saw it, but I'd scroll past it, but I'm going to watch it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. So I got a question for you that we usually like to finish off our show with, which is what's in your earbuds lately. What are you listening to?
2: Oh man. Well, like I said, I'm Guyanese, I'm West Indian. And so I'm a huge fan of soca music. And this weekend would be carnival in Trinidad. So, just because we can't really be there and we can't partake in any uh, any events, I just am listening to a lot of soca music, Marshall Montano and 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 then Chester Band and stuff like that. So that's, that's that's what I've been listening to.
1: Very nice. That is awesome. Any new music coming out for you, Keisha? Twenty twenty one. Um,
2: I actually have something really big coming on uh, on Friday. But I'm not allowed to talk about it. But you'll see it, and it's it's really it's 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 incredible. It's one of the biggest things I've ever done in my career. So that's going to be very dope. Um, and then I am working. I have a collaborative album, but again, I'm on a gag order, so I can't talk about that. It. <laughs> but it's going to be dope too. So yes, there is new music and new content coming. Not all of it's music. Some of it's um you know TV and film. So just yeah, yeah, I'm working.
1: Where sure. where should people go? To check out this new thing that is dropped. Draw- By the way, Keisha, it's Tuesday today. This episode will go live on Monday. So, um,
2: oh, then <laughs> I can say
1: it. Yeah.
2: So yeah, check out TSN. I uh, I did a spot for TSN um, with uh, it's basically a tribute to Angela James, who was the first female inducted yeah. into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and um, she's from Flemington Park, which is where my parents migrated to when they first came to Canada. So. Just it meant a lot to me to for them to reach out to me and I wrote an amazing piece and I started it so yeah that's that's coming out on Friday TSN.
1: That's awesome. What what show would would people have seen this on then?
2: I'm not sure if it's a commercial or what it is yet. I know you'll definitely see it on their social media. I don't know exactly what. I don't know if it'll be Raptors game. I don't know, but it'll be on yeah
1: it'll be on awesome well i i know you, you post a lot on your instagram so i'm sure you'll have uh something there what's what's your instagram handle for people who want to check it out so it's free
2: f-r-e-e Keisha k-u-i-s-h-a and that's my twitter as well
1: awesome Keisha. this has been great thank you so much for your <laughs> thank time you guys
0: here. yeah thanks for the chat it's been been a great great evening thank you
1: thanks so
2: much guys